Welcome to My Beautiful Stories, our conversations about finding the magic in the mundane. Hello and welcome to episode 16 of season 3. Today's story has been provided by Tammy. For me, this pandemic could be described as a time of grief, both collective and personal. Collective grieving for the lives we lived before, perhaps the details we'd failed to appreciate. Grieving for hugs from friends, for joyful greetings in cafes, for regular activities which sometimes even felt too much at the time. Quite often, heightened emotions all around. Personally, this sense of grief was amplified by losing my mum just as it all began. We lived over 8,000 miles apart, so I am very grateful that her sudden decline in health arose early enough in March that I was still able to immediately jump on an aeroplane and get to her side to say goodbye in person. I'm also grateful that I was able to return to my own family the day before airports there were closed and all flights cancelled without notice. My sister, who didn't have children to get back to, ended up spending an extra three months stuck on the other side of the world. Though thankfully with my dad, who was now otherwise alone for pretty much the first time in his life. Arriving back to Britain under full lockdown, having effectively spent three weeks in a different version of lockdown at my mum's bedside, was quite overwhelming and I struggled having none of my usual activities to distract me from the grief that I felt surrounded by. I collapsed into bed and barely moved for two weeks, thankful for my husband now working from home and my children who regularly brought hugs and ensured we all ate. In hindsight, I can see perhaps that it was good that I was forced to confront my grief in so unadulterated a manner, but it was so hard. I would never choose it. Within the grief, there was beauty, though. We had some lovely sunny days during April, which encouraged me to spend a lot of time in the garden. The opportunity to reconnect with nature feels like such an important step towards healing for me personally and for the world as a whole. This sunshine also gave me a chance to get to know our new neighbours who were spending time in their garden too and to discover how well we get on, which remains a joy, on both sides of the fence. I've slowly started regaining a sense of energy and, although it feels rather later than everyone else, began sorting out our loft which is an interesting and sometimes painful process in itself. But wonderfully cathartic and satisfying. 
I still await the urge to enjoy my more usual creative activities, such as crochet or writing. But to my surprise, they don't seem ready for me yet. I will trust the process. And through it all, perhaps oddly, I've also felt looked after. Although mostly unable to speak, the day before she died, Mum mentioned angels around her bed, possibly in reference to the wonderful nurses, but I like to think angels were really there looking after her and continue to look after us all on her behalf. Although grief will always be the main theme for my 2020 experience, there is also a lot of gratitude. Thank you for your story, Tammy. And we are very sorry to hear that you lost your mother last year. We would like to extend our thoughts and prayers to anyone else who is grieving a loved one. I would like to bring back some of Tammy's words before we start this conversation. There is one particular phrase that lingered with me, maybe because it described so perfectly a moment in our own personal life. In hindsight, I can see perhaps it was good that I was forced to confront my grief in so unadulterated a manner, but it was so hard. I would never choose it. Without wanting it, nor seeking it, Tammy found herself in a prison of grief. Because we grieve before, during and after the moment of our loved one's passing. She was forced into a period of seclusion while she was with her dying mother and then was dropped into another long moment of seclusion in what was going to be the harshest lockdown we were going to experience that year and, in fact, ever since. And she was locked in that immediately as she arrived back home. Is this potentially an unnatural way to experience grief? To experience it in all its might, to be succumbed in it? I can only imagine how debilitating and insurmountable that grief must have been. It did ring true as it compares with what we have experienced when both your parents died in close succession. We too happened to be locked in your flat in Poland, unwillingly, experiencing harsh winter conditions and without real access to the outside world apart from half an hour walking the dog each day. And what I remember from those times is how bleak it felt, how finite. I remember wondering whether we would ever be able to feel anything other than pain ever again. And I think that feeling was also augmented by our isolation and also by the break of any possible routine. Because I felt that to be able to survive grief, we needed grounding. And sometimes it is those insignificant daily routines which can provide that grounding. There are, of course, moments when even those routines become too hard to do, as we are succumbed in this deep sense of loss. But then 
It's usually, or it was for us, other people's role to bring us back. And sometimes those people cannot be family, as they are as broken as we are. Sometimes it's other people that take on that role to lift us up from the grief, like the lady who brought us the duck. Do you remember that? Yes, I do remember that feeling of dread and oppression. And actually, lockdown is a good word that describes it. And I remember one of my friends trying to really help us and get us out of that state. But I don't really remember a lady with a duck. You don't remember the lady with the duck. That's a shame. Well, she was a neighbor, she knew your mom, and a few days after your mom passed away, she was the first one to to die, um, this lady dropped by, and I remember she was still wearing her house robe. She wanted to pay her condolences, she wanted to tell us what a caring person your mom was, but also she really wanted to give us a duck. Because, you see, she had promised it to your mom for a long time, and she regretted so much, never bringing it earlier, because she hadn't made it to the country in time. And the duck was just that, a whole duck, feathers plucked, but otherwise whole. And you know I don't really eat meat, not to say I have no idea how to cook it. But I looked it up online and brought myself to making us food out of that duck, and it I remember it gave me something purposeful to do for a few days and I treated it reverentiously almost. So unusual, yet such a gesture of love. And a gesture you didn't think you could refuse because the lady was kind of no-nonsense countryside lady, so I wouldn't have said no, whatever she would have brought. So now you remember her, see? (laughs) So I don't remember the duck, but now with this story, I remember opening the door to a lady and she brought something. So I think that must have been the lady. And thinking, yep, okay, we are taking it, whatever you brought. So for us anyway, that break was one of those mini breaks that brought something light, a pause in the grieving that was respite from the tragedy we were experiencing. And I kept thinking, reading Tammy's story, that she didn't really have that in those first few weeks. I found it very interesting, this being locked down in grief, in this grieving situation, because we found ourselves a little bit in that situation, like you said, but my parents died closely to each other within two weeks. And we were quite young. We weren't even 30 then. And I think there was so much to organize and we were still quite immature. Uh, I thought that throwing yourself into doing stuff, still organizing the funeral uh, and whatnot was the best solution. And then had to kind of find my own grief consciously through dedicated time, often with music when we came back back, uh, a while later. Uh, as a kind of concentrated effort. So that might be not the worst way to kind of go through your grief, although probably seem probably too intense at the time. So later on, you actually dived back into grief, but the difference is that you managed to, you had the chance to 
choose your time and place and way that you wanted to do that. And it was for separated moments in time when you could then leave that intensity and come out in some way. Yes, you're right. So perhaps it's easier if you can choose your moment on grief on retrospect. If you say, well, today I'm committing half an hour to grieving. (laughs) But I would like us to finish this conversation on an optimistic note. Because I, um, I do remember those moments in those first few months when grief felt so overwhelming that I wondered whether we could ever feel any different. It felt like the pain had taken the space that joy had inhabited beforehand. And then all of a sudden, a veil lifted. And it was possible to feel joyful again. And it happened in time, but it happened. But my reflection is slightly different. And I think it resonates with what Tammy said, although I think Tammy is much earlier in her journey through that grief, is that I believe that the grief never leaves you. But it's not necessarily a, a bad thing. I'm not saying you can't, you go back and you feel sorrow all the time. It's just like a lot of events in our life. in our life. This becomes part of it, like anything else. It, uh, it doesn't block out the joy. It's just there and it makes us who we are, richer people. As I mentioned before, I think music can be a good tool to help with grieving. And one such music is uh, music by composer Arvo Pert, which I think we might have recommended before. And this particular piece is Stabat Mater, probably appropriate with the Lent season that just started as well. And his music is generally not complicated music, but this particular piece, some others as well, has just such an enormous emotional intensity. It's uh, it's just almost like people crying. It's very intense and very beautiful. This is it for today. Thank you for listening and until next time. Until next time. This is it from us. If you like the podcast, please rate, review or subscribe. Get involved in the conversation each week on my Instagram account at stories.